This episode is one of the deep dive modules that we run every single week for Propane Protocol members. Occasionally we like to post these out as podcasts so that we can share the love, but if you want full access to all of these inside our flagship program to optimize your physique, diet, mindset, habits, productivity, and much more, then join the Propane Protocol at propaneprotocol.com. Upgrade yourself. Morning Team Propane. Good morning. <laughs> so we are one hour early because we're going to the James Smith event. Um, and you guys have asked us some things. And I'm so, on a bed. Yeah. So I can bounce. We, we tried to make it look like we're not on a bed because of the, the, the connotations. But <laughs> Johnny's just ruined the illusion. Well, you're just um, not on a bed. I'm, I'm on a chair. Yeah, mm. we're in a holiday inn in London. In a very stabby in area of London. Whopping. Whopping. Yeah, looking out the window, it's like Stabsville yeah. everywhere. Stab City. So please wish us well. Anyway, um, you guys have asked us some things, which are... Um, <laughs> so you fitting into the... Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be more whopping. So um, these are the questions you've asked, asked but I'm going to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cover um, a few of them next week <coughs> or during the week. Known impact of non-sugar sweeteners, sucralose and aspartame. There is a big answer on that, Tad, mm. so look out for that That's one. A biggie. But today we're going to cover effects of cardio and high-intensity interval training on strength gains, how much is too much, and also should you track while on holiday or not. Are we doing the abs one? Um, we'll do the abs one. We Yeah, we, we could maybe do the abs one if we have time. Okay. Think? For a treat. For, for a pudding. treat. For pudding. For a, a treat for Faye. We can do that. Lucky Faye. Lucky Faye. Okay, so the first question from Jenny is to track or not to track? while on holiday. That is the question. So number one, really important point that, um, that Johnny raised is how important is your goal? How urgent is it as well? Yeah. So obviously a holiday is designed to be a break from your current routine in loads of different ways. And it, it depends on, I suppose that the, the factors that I look at are how unpleasant or how difficult is the plan that you're currently following. So do you constantly feel hungry, restricted? Are you unable to eat out when you're at home and things like that without it over, overshooting your macro targets? How urgent is the goal that you are shooting for? So if it's like your career or if it's, um, there's a date that it needs to be happening by like a, a competition or a show, um, then that probably necessitates having to, having to, to just diet as normal. Um, also how, on target or behind target or ahead of target are you for the bigger picture? So if you have a 12 week goal, if you're ahead of, ahead of schedule on that, then actually taking a week and just eating at maintenance probably isn't going to do very much in terms of, of, of you might gain a few kilos of, of water weight, et cetera, but you're not going to take that much of a step back. So I think it's just important to, before you consider like the granular aspect of like, how do I negotiate the, the breakfast buffet? You know, think bigger picture of, why, why would I want the track and holiday in any case? If I did track and holiday, would it ruin the holiday? Yes or no. And if, can I afford to take a break in terms of my goal? Like, is that going to be, if I can add an extra week on to the end of my diet and there's no, there's no consequence, then you're probably better off taking the break in it and enjoying yourself. Exactly. And there's a difference between enjoying yourself and eating the foods that are available or thinking, oh, right, I'm going to go hell for leather on mm. this. And usually if you, if you just do the moderate approach, you might actually, yeah, as Johnny said, you might gain a, a kilo or two, but a lot of that can actually just be from flying in itself. So yeah. if you're actually going on a plane, 
it will start to mess with your sodium and water balance. And most people panic when they come home because they've gained two or three kilos. But if you just hold fire, after a few days, it will settle on its own. So a uh, controlled break, really interesting study that Lyle MacDonald referred to is this, that basically it was, it was a discovery by accident by the scientists that they wanted to see what happened when people who were dieting finished their diet and um, they were expecting them to like fall off the wagon and um, regain all the weight and stuff. And what happened was that they, they gave these people two groups, two, two weeks off the diet and six weeks off the diet, and they observed them closely because they wanted to see them fuck up afterwards. What ended up happening is not only did the people who stopped the diet not actually regain that much weight, but when they went back onto the diet, they were far more adherent and they lost more weight as it carried on. So it really just goes to show that uh, being able to have a controlled break that you are in control of um, is a great opportunity to then reset your willpower and all of that stuff and make more progress. So the key thing here is, is you being in control. If you have an uncontrolled break, like you're supposed to be dieting and then you 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 fall off the wagon unintentionally and then you end up in this binge cycle, then that's not helpful. It's not rejuvenating. But if you are like, right, I'm going to have two weeks where I eat maintenance and it's completely under my control, you will recharge yourself and it's going to be beneficial. So you can use your holiday as the chance to do that. Yeah. And, and diet breaks, <clears throat> what, I, what I'll typically do with my clients is schedule holidays for as diet breaks. And as Yusuf says, like sometimes I even notice weight continues to drop while we have calories. Like anyone's guess as to why that happens. But um, as long as you are, it is a considered increase up to maintenance or, or sometimes slightly over maintenance. And you aren't just going from dieted state to eating everything in sight for a week and then coming back and feeling annoyed and then dropping your calories, etc. which is kind of the standard pattern. As long as you're approaching it in advance and thinking, I'm going to increase my calories by this amount do my best to track, enjoy the holiday, come back, get back to the same calories as I was on before. So assuming the above, assuming what we've said about having a controlled break, enjoying the holiday and all of that, if you really don't feel like you need a diet and you just want to keep things going, keep the progress moving while you're on holiday, a couple of strategies you can do. First thing is the calorie buffer. So <clears throat> this could simply be um, either a few days before the holiday, drop your intake a little bit so that you have some more wiggle room in the next few days, or create a calorie buffer within the day. And often if you are in staying in a hotel and it's an all-inclusive breakfast or something, then um, someone's coming and saying, oh dear, this is me getting a telling off. can't see who it is. We'll, we'll have to check. We On this app, the um, comments are anonymized, but um, yeah, whoever you are, we're telling you off. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so um, the, the calorie buffer can be done within the day as well. So if you're in a hotel and it's got all-inclusive breakfast, but the breakfast, Larita, <laughs> but the, but the breakfast is a bit crap. Then don't force yourself to eat it, especially if you're not the kind of person that's hungry in the mornings. Just skip the mm. breakfast. Like, yes, it's all included. Yes, maybe you've paid for it, but is it going to really add that much value? Or would you rather save those calories and have them in the evening? Because that way you're going to enjoy them much more. So I really like hotel breakfast. Like, like cold boiled eggs and... I think you're being a bit um, negative about it. <laughs> we, we are in a holiday inn right yeah, now. Yeah, so, so like, we didn't pay for breakfast here, but like, if you're in a, if you're in a hotel abroad, sometimes it's, it's a nice experience. So what I typically do is just don't eat lunch. Fine. So, so if you have like a reasonable breakfast, there's no reason to eat till later. So I think the key thing is that like, when you're on holiday, create the calorie buffer from like, look at the day and say, which is going to be the crappest meal? Which is the meal that is not going to be a huge issue if I skip? 
Like, I'm not going to feel like I'm missing out. Most likely, the evening meal, you will feel like you're missing out if you skip that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. So, breakfast or lunch, <clears throat> whichever one's crapper, <laughs> just skip it. And yeah. final tip is hotel gym. Sometimes you, you might be lucky and you'll have a hotel gym that looks like this. you have dumbbells that go all the way up to eight kilograms. Or sometimes you'll have... Um, those technogen plates are so bad. They are. I mean, I've, I don't know about you, Johnny. I've, I've seen a mixture of hotel gyms. Like, some of them have been proper, like, almost Olympic facilities. Yeah. And then some have just been, like, a corner of a room. With a treadmill. Yeah, and you're like, oh. Sometimes so, the treadmills aren't even motorized, so you have to run on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I think the, the purpose of this is you're not... It's very, very unlikely. It depends on what um, program you're following, but it's very unlikely you'll be able to follow... The program you currently have uninterrupted. There is a hotel gym option that we have, if any of you want it, which is machine based, um, which uses something called Maya Reps, which is a very um, efficient way of training. It allows you to get a lot done in a very short amount of time because obviously you're not on holiday to go to the gym. Um, but the goal is just trying to keep some consistency with that habit, keep that behavior in place, and also make sure that you are creating an additional source of expenditure on a side of just lying on a sunbed because. What most people do on holiday is drop their expenditure and increase their intake and then come back from holiday and wonder why they've gained weight. But, you know, so we need to do something. It doesn't mean that if you feel like you've overshot by 500 calories, you need to be on the treadmill for an hour and a half the next morning. Be sensible with it. Allow yourself an amount of time in the gym and just don't go over that, for example. So, Jenny, hope that answers your question. Hey, Johnny here. Just a really quick interruption to this episode to let you know about a resource we now have up and running on propinfitness.com. One of the most popular questions we get from readers and listeners is, hey guys, what would you recommend for my starting calories for fat loss or muscle gain? How much protein, carbs, fat? How many calories should I eat to begin my journey as a starting point? Normally, this is something that we do for clients when they come into our program, the Propin Protocol. But recently, we have opened up the calculator that we use for all of our clients so that you can get a free calculation, a free starting point of what we would recommend if you were to start as a client with us for your protein, carbs, fats, and calories overall for either fat loss or muscle gain, customized to you and your goal. If you want to get access to that, it is totally free. You just have to go to propinfitness.com forward slash calculator, enter your information, and we will send your macros and your calorie recommendations to that email address. And we'll also send you a few free resources over email just to pad that out and ensure that you have the best possible chances of reaching your goals in fat loss and muscle gain. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Next one is from Harry. So Harry has asked if I can get the screen up. I asked you not to include that photo of me. Sorry, Johnny. I just thought it was a nice one of you, especially with you. When I have my hair like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is uh, cardio versus strength gains. How much is too much? So pretty short answer to this, Harry, but basically the evidence is mixed on this. You will find evidence that shows both that cardio improves hypertrophy and strength gains, and you'll find it, that it detracts from it. And really that probably depends on the length of the study, the type of population that we're training here. So beginners will respond to anything. You can throw whatever you want at them and they'll, they'll get stronger. Um, and also the intensity of the cardio, what their work capacity is, um, what their, what the kind of resistance training is, so all of that stuff. But the key thing to answer is how does it work for you? If, cause, so Harry plays rugby alongside weight training. He's just pulled his hamstring. 
he's really running at the, the limits of his recovery capacity. And so it's most likely for you that adding in training volume that is not going to be helping with your strength gain at this level and at this um, amount of demand that you're placing on your body, it's probably more of a tug of war between strength and improving cardio. For others, it might not be the case. The other thing to consider is your work capacity. So if you're training in the gym, you're doing bodybuilding style work and you're gassed all the time, you're constantly out of breath, then maybe your cardiovascular system is the limiting factor for you to be able to accumulate more volume. And as a result, accumulating more volume means you can get stronger and bigger and so on. So if that's the bottleneck for you, then yes, cardio will help to unload that bottleneck. So yes, it's useful if it's a limiting factor. But as Johnny pointed out, the best way to get better at something is to do that thing. So specificity is key in that regard. So if you're following the propane protocol programming, for example, um, that is designed to build up your work capacity using the specific exercises and then capitalize on that work capacity with higher loads, higher intensities. So and that's typically just called accumulation, intensification, realization in standard programming language. But when when we are lacking work capacity, in other words, if I told you to go and do sets of leg press and the thing that is limiting you is like, oh, so I'm, I'm exhausted, I'm tired. There's almost a cardiovascular limitation there. Going and doing 30 minutes on the treadmill three times a week isn't necessarily going to be the thing that means makes you better at leg press. Actually, we'd be better off targeting that in a way that is still goal tied to our goal, tied to the outcome we're chasing. So again, to, to zoom out to a bigger context, I would say, why is it that you wanted to add cardio? So if it's fat loss or fat loss accelerating, you're almost always better off doing um, just monitoring your daily step count or monitoring your daily general activity or like neat, basically. Um, have a Fitbit, have something that tracks your steps. What are you laughing at? Fitbit. Fitbit. Another Fitbit it's plug. A, it's on an affiliate scheme for me. Withings watch. It's lovely. It, it is lovely. So I, I got given that as a, as a gift. I, like it's nice, but I would never, I don't think I would ever pay for one. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so get something to quantify your steps and try and hit an arbitrary amount. Like 10,000 is the, is the amount thrown around. Most people's phones have a step count now as well. So yeah. As you, um, yeah. Do you ever use cardio or high intensity cardio in your plans um, for folk who are on fat loss? Well, so just, just to finish my point, cause it is slightly related. So, if the goal, so for Harry, for example, um, if you are running around on during a rugby game and feel like your cardio is limiting, that's a different situation. So that is something that it is going to be very, very hard to improve that without actually doing something that's very related to the rugby game, which is, as Yusuf says, the specificity really matters. Do we ever include cardio in fat loss? For me, with my clients, extremely rarely. It's normally I, at the very end of a diet if if you really need to bring some extra yeah. thing in. Yeah, I'll I'll do it if a client requests it, if they particularly want to. And this is the spectrum of, um, are you the kind of person that prefers to do more activity and eat a little bit more? Or are you the kind of person that is, is like, you know what, I'll just eat less food. I can't be asked going out on a run. I'm that kind of person. So I, I, mm. I feel like, yeah, I think we're, we're both just like, we'd rather just eat less food and not have to spend. Because have you, right, have you ever been in the GP clinic? And seen those public health campaign posters that are like, pint of beer, 41 minutes of walking, glass of wine, 38 minutes of walking. And you're like, that is so much to, to have to do to offset something which is essentially you just could inhale. And so <clears throat> when you see the actual amounts of cardio that you need to do to offset really small amounts of food, 
it's it's not worth it. Like actually, when you net off the amount of calories you would have burned if you'd just been like walking in the park, just from having a nice time, yeah. rather than think like I've got to do this. Like how, how many extra calories are you burning by being on the treadmill in the gym for forty oh. minutes? Like, probably not that many. So I, I remember doing um, bike sprints, oh. which are really really horrible. I did it for about twenty twenty five minutes of like um, sort of similar to Tabata style, like sprint followed by back off and sprint. And at the end of it, it was like, oh, you've burnt like the equivalent calories of like eating an egg. And I was like, this was a waste of time. So if we ever do, well, so, so personally, if I have a program cardio, it's, it's low intensity stuff. So it's like walking on a treadmill or walking outside normally. Um, but I'll normally prescribe a step count goal because that's more blended into someone's life. Like if you tell someone more be, enjoyable, be more active, for example, you know, walk, walk somewhere instead of drive or take the, you know, the standard, take the stairs instead of the lift, all that kind of stuff. Go for a walk at lunch, go for a walk in the evening. You don't feel like you're doing cardio. It feels more sustainable. That's the kind of thing you can do like with your mum or with your Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Combining stuff and you're still getting the cardiovascular benefits, the health benefits of cardio as well, which is not to be understated. Yeah. But high intensity training is, is almost identical to three sets of 10 or, you know, it's very, very similar to weight training. And so I don't, I don't see that necessarily in, in, as a broad classification as cardio purely because it's incredibly stressful. Um, people get DOMS from doing high intensity interval training. So the rule is if that interferes with your training sessions. So if you go and do, go and burn the equivalent of an egg's calories on the, the bike, um, and then the following day can't complete your lower body session, like which was a better decision? Like you'd be, you almost always you're better off doing less, letting the diet do the work get in, do the training that's required to retain your strength, retain your muscle. And then only if it's, it's like a seesaw of, I have to get a hundred calories a day off my intake somehow. Would I rather do an extra hundred calories of activity or eat a hundred calories less? The downside of doing the extra hundred calories of activity is it's on you to ensure that that happens every single day or happens over the course of a week. And if you don't, then you're used to eating more, but mm-hmm. you've not done the activity. And as, as, you, as you said about the, the food, the, the holiday thing where you drop your activity and increase your intake, Watch yeah. yeah. So I think the key point there is when we silo our thinking into like, oh, well, this is weight training and then this is cardio and then this is walking. Actually, they all kind of are on a continuum and mm. weight training will get some cardiovascular benefits because it is activity followed by non-activity and, you know, in mm-hmm. a sprint style format. Walking is very much cardio, but it doesn't feel like it. You can almost convince yourself that oh, I'm going to walk to the shops. You can, you can get your mind can get more on board with that than I'm going to go put some shorts on and go for a run, which is probably one of the most unpleasant <laughs> forms of cardio. That Starts you can do. unpleasant and just gets linearly more <laughs> unpleasant. Go go walk somewhere briskly for like 20 minutes and then stop and take your heart rate. And I guarantee it's elevated. Like unless you're Mo Farah, I guarantee your heart rate is elevated. Mo Farah is still just at 40 just, the whole time. Even when you're doing like a great North run. Finally, if warm well, up. yeah, it's just like simple. So, um, the only other, so if you're interested in more on cardio and fat loss, more on, um, so yeah, if, if you're interested in cardio and fat loss and how they interact specifically, I've got another video on that where we go more into the specifics of that. Okay guys, um, next week we will cover the other questions that you've kindly given us, which are BCAAs and pre-workout, um, as to whether that affects muscle stuff, stuff, um, and Faye's question on good and bad abdominal exercises. Okay, speak to you all very soon. See ya.
Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. We have a short request and a potential prize for you. If you enjoyed that episode, we'd love it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. It just helps the podcast reach more people and allows us to devote more resources and time to making this podcast better every single week. In return, we are going to be selecting one of the reviews, announcing it live on the podcast every single week, and sending you two of our programs completely free of charge, both Faster Fat Loss and the V-Taper program. One is obviously a fat loss program, eight weeks long. One is the V-Taper program, which is muscle gain focus on the upper body, designed to basically get you a massive bench press, huge chest, and a massive chin-up. Who doesn't want those things? So we're gonna be sending both of those to the best review. And all you have to do in order to enter this prize draw to win those two programs is to head over to iTunes, or head over to propinfitness.com to get the link for the podcast and then visit iTunes that way and leave us a short review with your honest feedback, your honest comments. Let us know what you think of the podcast, what we can do better, what you like, what you don't like, and you'll be automatically entered into the prize draw to win one of these programs. We'll see you on the next episode and we hope to be shouting your name out very soon.